everyone, this is PM Sports Talk, the father and son duo podcast. I'm your host, Preston, alongside my father, Mike, and Dad, how are we doing today? I'm doing great. What a great last few days of sports. I can't wait to talk about what's going on in the sports world. Let's go. There is so much to break down. Let's go. An absolute electric week of sports. Uh, our first thing we're talking about here, college football. Of course, we always got to start off with the college world. Um, to start things off, USC once again falls to their team that they can't beat surprisingly is Utah. Oh, what another loss to Utah. They can't they can't beat that team. Unbelievable. Bryson Barnes was starting, not Cam Rising people, Bryson Barnes and they still can't beat him. The backup quarterback. Yes. Cam Rising's done for the year and they still can't beat him. They can't beat him. Uh I watched that game right to the end. USC Came back, took the lead, and I'm like, yep, there's too much time left. They're going to give it up. That defense is horrible. And sure enough, uh, Bryson Barnes, it was I think it was a third down or a fourth down play. Third down. Was third down, I that long so. run he had? Yes. Uh, wow. What a, you can't give that up. How do you give that up? <laughs> That's your season. Yeah. That, their season's done. They mathematically can't make the playoffs now. They're out, yeah. They're barely in the top 25. They're 25. I don't even know if they deserve that. But uh, And you saw Caleb Williams sitting on that bench because he saw what was happening. He's like, yep, they're going to give it up. Our defense sucks. Yeah. Can't win with that defense. They're brutal. Lincoln Riley is a fraud. I mean, <laughs> he went there to win championships. And then you hear him in the post game like, well, you know, can't win championships every year and blah, blah, blah. is going on and on. Like, dude, you just said on your – you left Oklahoma. You said you were going to USC not to finish in second place. What are you doing? You're not even in second place. You're going to finish in fourth or fifth. I mean, come on. Yeah. He, he's – I mean, Caleb Williams went there because that was his coach at Oklahoma, and they still can't get things done. That's uh, crazy. Every year they keep saying, oh, Lincoln Riley, oh, he's a hot coach. Oh, he's just this offensive genius and blah, blah, blah. Well, he may be an offensive genius. He better find a coach that can coach defense because he sure can't. And no. um, and you can't tell me they don't have talent on defense. That's USC. They get players there. So I don't know what they're doing there. It's like they just forget about the defense and just say, oh, we'll just outscore you. Yeah. Who cares about the defense? They can just go do whatever they want. Well, so how's that working for you? No, not working very well. I mean, you say Lincoln Riley's this offensive genius. Well, you better find a defensive genius real quick because he's not getting it done there. No. And what are they going to do when Caleb, if Caleb Williams goes pro this year like he should? I mean, he hinted that maybe he'll come back. I don't know why he would do that. But, well, with the NIL money now, some of these college players can make almost as much as they do in the NFL. But uh, – so who knows what he's gonna do? I, he he's he's, Caleb Williams is a great talent, but he's a little different guy too. He kind of beats to his own drum, if you know what I mean. He just you know, I'm not quite sure what what he wants to do. I mean, he came out and he came out this was it last week or this week? He came out. I guess it was before this game. Came out and said, oh, he wants to go to a team, but he wants to be in the NFL. Whoever drafts him, he wants to be part ownership. What kind of ego does this guy have that he wants 
hasn't played a lick in the NFL, and he already wants a piece of ownership? <laughs> First of all, a player can't do that. It's against the rules, as far as I know. Um, that's why Brady couldn't do it until after he retired. I like Kelly Williams. I think he's by far the best talented quarterback in college football. I think he should be number one pick talent-wise and all that, but I don't know. His mindset. He has a big ego, I'll say that. Uh, it seems like that. I mean, he's part ownership. I mean, what? Do you, what? He's He says he wants part ownership, but he hasn't played a snap in the NFL. Yeah, it's just crazy. Uh, I mean, how about you win in the – how about you prove you can win in college first before you start talking ownership in the NFL? We won't be talking about USC anymore. I mean, and it's too bad because those were the games we're looking forward to, games against Oregon and games against Washington. That doesn't matter now. Now those games those games mean something for Oregon and Washington, but they don't mean anything for uh, USC other than to play spoiler. So yeah. it really hurts college football. really does because we were really looking forward to those games. There's not a lot of good games in the other conferences coming up either. So those games were going to mean a lot, and now they don't. So once again, Utah, you know, I mean, who wants to go watch Utah play? I mean, I, I, I hate to say it, but there's just no – they don't have any cachet. It's Utah. So <laughs> once again. Bryson, it doesn't matter if Cameron Ryan's back there. Bryson Barnes, my grandma could be back there. I don't think it would matter much. USC's defense sucks. They're just not beating them. And, uh, they, they put up points, but they can't stop their offense. Utah is just tougher. Yeah. They're a tougher team. They don't have the talent USC has, but they've got the, the, t- they're tougher, and they have willpower that USC doesn't have. And until USC gets that, they're just always going to do this, you know. Did you see what you see that interview with Caleb Williams about that Notre Dame fan that ran on the field? He was like, there was like a Notre Dame fan yeah. ran on the field. We yeah. started recording with him, and and they asked him about it. And Caleb Williams was like, doesn't bother me too much. I mean, any any person would like to be in these size thirteen cleats. Just shows you his attitude. I mean, makes you wonder if he's a winner or not. He's gonna have to check that attitude when he goes to the NFL. I mean, teams aren't gonna put up with that. Nope. He's he, <laughs> no. He, he's gonna find out quick when he gets to the NFL, when that the head coach is in charge. He's not gonna be doing everything that he wants to do, and uh, or else he'll you know he'll be he he just won't be as good as he can be. And it's, he's got all the talent in the world. I just hope that he's coachable in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's time to move on from that. I mean, enough Caleb Williams talk. Let's go with. Ohio State and Penn State, and I mean, like, oh my that God. Penn State offense was terrible. I mean, <laughs> Drew Allar finally got exposed. What he had a like horrible three game. completions at halftime. Unbelievable how bad they were. I'm watching that. I look full so forward to watching that game this weekend. I'm I, as did a lot of people, and I I was just flipping back and forth because it was so boring. It was Penn State had. They were like 0 for 15 on third down. It was so bad. It was terrible. And their third down plays, it wasn't like they were just missing and just not getting third. They, were, they weren't even close. Drew Aller, he was throwing the ball 5, 10 yards away from the, where the receiver was. and or I don't know if he just had a bad game or if they're just not that good. And it was just, they were just a product of their schedule. But... Everybody's been all these experts are saying, "Oh, Drew Aller, he's going to be a great NFL quarterback. He's a can't miss prospect. All this stuff, 
And wow, he couldn't have been any worse. I, he played terrible. That was so bad. That's the worst quarterbacking I've seen this year. I think I fell asleep during that game. I wake up during the fourth quarter. I look at this. It's like third down. I look at the stats. It's like 0 for 17 on third downs. I'm like, am I? Do I need to get my eyes checked? Do you need time to check some glasses out? I mean, like, how are you 0 for 17 on third downs? I got. I'm gonna have to check how how bad it actually was, but that was what it was at one point. As as bad as that stat is, I think it was even worse. Yeah. The, the they're they were just so bad. They couldn't do anything, and. I know you like Ohio State, but I don't think Ohio State is this great juggernaut of a team. They're a good team, but there's no way that they're that good that they shouldn't have been 0 for 17. That was just brutal. <laughs> and, and it's like Franklin over on the sidelines just lost. Yeah. It's like... What are, are you gonna doing? Make it, <laughs> make this doing the same thing over and over again. When you came out of halftime, I mean, did you did you see what your team was doing? I mean, they weren't good in the first half at all. You thought they'd do something different? Nope. Same thing over and over and over again. Um, I heard one expert say, you know, the difference in the game, and he's is that Ohio State has an NFL receiver and Penn State doesn't. And that's true. Penn State's receivers are bad. They don't have any NFL receivers on that team. So that makes a difference in college football. It does. But you can't tell me that those guys couldn't get open a few times to get some third downs. Yeah. I mean, no, you tell me no conversions, like going to the fourth? That was just brutal. <laughs> and, you know, that hurt. And there's another thing. Just like USC hurts games, so does Penn State. They got a big game coming up against Michigan. If they would have beaten Ohio State and then they play Michigan, how big would that game be? Now, I mean, yes, they they could turn around and be competitive, but I don't see it. I think Michigan's going to go in there and just stomp them. I, I They're not going to be able – I just don't. Michigan going – is that a away game for Michigan? It's in Penn State, but I don't care. I mean, <laughs> I, I just don't see Penn State beating Michigan. Is that a little biased, Dad? Or? Yeah, maybe so, but – of course, again, they can't be that bad again, right? So do I expect them to go 0 for 17 against Michigan? Of course not. But if that's the if that's all they got on offense, uh, I'm not too worried. <laughs> I'm not too worried. I wouldn't be either if they didn't make any changes. Uh, not, yeah, I mean, Penn State's offense was bad, really the end of the story. That's what the big story of that game was. Well, how about let's go to Washington and Arizona State. Washington wins. They moved to number five. It wasn't very pretty, though. No, uh, that was a horrible. I didn't watch that game, um, but the score says it all. Washington should absolutely annihilate Arizona State. I'm, I'm at a birthday party. I get home because they have these college football games that go on so late. Yeah, they're in It was the like 1 a.m. in the morning. 1 a.m.? I couldn't watch it. I was too late. I, I turn it on because, you know, why not? I'm already up. And Washington was down. Was down against Arizona State. They were down when I turned it on. Then they got the pick six, of course, which gave them the win. But So they were down in the second half? Yeah. Yeah, see, that's unbelievable. To Arizona State, I mean, I... I don't know. I mean, I, I guess it's a, they had the big game the week before. Yeah. 
So I guess it's, you know, it's emotional. It's hard to get up. Sometimes these college kids, it's, they're not professional. So they when they have a big game the week before, sometimes the following week they can be kind of a dud. And I guess that's what happened to them because I hope, I hope they don't, you know, have a dud like that again just, and lose a game when they have so much they can play for. Because if they win out, they're going to the college football playoff. And that'd be a shame if they don't, if they end up losing to one of these lower teams and like that. That's, I'm going to go, I'm going to guess that's a wake up call for them. I, I would expect them to, to roll the rest of the way, but. Yeah, absolutely. Michael Penix is definitely the Heisman favorite right now, I believe. I mean, there's J.J. McCarthy behind them, Marvin Harrison Jr., but he's he's the favorite right now, and for him to have a game like that is just very shocking, just, I mean, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, it, that didn't help his Heisman candidacy there at all. You remember a couple weeks ago we were laughing about Jaden Daniels? Yeah, I think he's looking great now. You look at his stats, 25 touchdowns, three interceptions. You look... Mm. If he keeps playing this way, and they, it's uh, it's it's not ne- it's either next weekend or the weekend after they play LSU. I'm assuming that's going to be the primetime eight o'clock you mean, game. You mean Alabama or Alabama? Yeah. If he plays, if he has a ball out game against them, and he beats them again, he might be your front runner. He could be. Jaden Daniels is. I mean, ever since that Florida State game, I think that's been the wake up call for him. And even though they they dropped that game to Ole Miss, he was still great in that game. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's been great. And I mean, we. I laughed about it a couple of weeks ago because you know I just figured Kalen Williams was the guy. But yeah, uh, maybe those experts had a little knew something that we didn't because mm-hmm. he's. Uh, of course, I mean he, he could he could LSU is a tricky team. They're kind of up and down. You never know with them. But uh, yeah, he's looking good. So it's wide open. It is. It's a very wide open trophy. It's it's anyone's trophy now. Now that Caleb Williams is playing bad, Michael Panic's coming off a bad game. It's really anyone's. It is. It's time to move on though. You gotta get keep things moving. So let's move on to uh, the league that is coming back. We finally are close, and we have finally have all four league major U.S. leagues back. We have the NBA back today, and starting off here with Lakers Nuggets and Warriors Suns. Yeah, uh, this snuck up on me. You told me today. I was like, oh, it starts already. I, I actually th- told you on the way here. I thought it was next week or the week after it didn't start. I didn't, uh, it's, it's quiet this year. There hasn't been a lot of talk in the last few weeks, I guess because, you know, baseball and everything's going on, so kind of forgot about the NBA. But, yeah, it starts uh, two pretty good matchups. Uh, like I said, Lakers and Nuggets and Warriors and Suns, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean – I can't get into it yet, but I'll pay attention to it tonight. I'll, I'll, uh, you know, if that baseball game is is you know not a good game, then I'll I might might tune into the NBA for a little bit just to see what's going on. You know, just it's the start of the season; it's new. You want to see what's going on? Then I'll forget about it for uh, a couple months. Yeah, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's you know it started, and like I said, it's a great time in sports. This is the best time of the year because you've got all four sports going. You got the playoff, baseball playoffs, NFL's cruising, college football, and now the NHL's been on for a couple weeks, and now yep. the NBA. Yeah, you can't get any better than that. Absolutely. Just a quick little rundown NBA. I mean, we'll make our predictions closer to the end on those games. We'll have a couple predictions to make. Another one of those predictions we'll make at the end. We are moving to the MLB. How about this big game seven? 
We got Diamondbacks. We got Phillies tonight. But before that, let's recap. What on earth happened to the Astros, man? I mean, I am happy it happened because let's be honest. Yeah, me too. I can't stand them. But let's 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 be honest here. I don't think any people have respect for the Astros after their cheating year. But they it's still they're still a good team cheating or not. But it was just really surprising. They got that game winning home run with Altuve, and then yeah, the I thought next, that was it. The next two games they dropped. They dropped those two games, and that's what that was it. After that dramatic comeback on Friday night to uh, take a three-two series lead, I thought it was over because I thought Texas blew it. They were up in that game, and that was I was like, oh, "This is it! Here come the Astros! They got all the momentum. They're going back home." And what happens? They get blown out in two games, six mm-hmm. and seven. They get blown out in both of them. Yeah, those games were over, and. Just goes to show you, baseball is a, a crazy sport. It is. You just have no idea who's going to – if all you have to do in baseball is get into the playoffs and anything can happen because um, uh, Texas, who was, who, was a good, who was a good team all year, but I really didn't think going into the playoffs that they were the favorites or anything. I thought Houston or, you know, Baltimore. But here they are. They They – they buried the Astros. Yeah, let's look at this game by game. And we're going to start by game five. If, if you people listening to this saw our Twitter or Instagram post at PM Sport Talk, you would see uh, a post was made uh, about Mike over here saying that that game five loss was entirely, entirely on Adolis Garcia. I need... I think the people here need an explanation on why you would say that. Well, if you remember correctly, he got hit by a pitch. Um, they were up. What was the score? Do you remember the score? They were up like 4-2. Four 4-2. Two. Four to two. He gets um, – he hit a home run, and he did this crazy outrageous home run, home run trot around the bases. It took him forever. So the next time he comes up to bat, he gets plucked. But there's no way the pitcher did it on purpose. It's a playoff game. Um, there was already a man on, too. There was already a man on. I think it was 4-2, to two, the score. Mm-hmm. And um, they don't want to put runners on. It's late in the game. They're not going to throw at you. This isn't a regular season game. They're not throwing at you. So he acts crazy, gets in the catcher's face, causes this big scene, goes on for 20 minutes. Meanwhile, his closer... Who was just in the in the eighth inning gets an out. Now he has to sit for 20, 30 minutes while the, all this rigmarole goes on. Guys getting thrown out, managers getting thrown out. He killed all the momentum for his team. Yeah. What happens when Leclerc, the closer, comes back in? He loads up the bases or gets a couple guys on, scores four to two. Who's coming up? Altuve. What's he do? Home run. Home run. Game over. Yep. And uh, I thought right there that that was the series because they went up three games to two, and I'm like, he just ruined that for his team because he was selfish, and he he just didn't go over the first base, take his base. He had to make a big deal out of it. I mean, let, let me tell you, though. That, 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 I mean, I agreed with you right when you said that. That loss 
was majorly a a big part was Adolis Garcia. But let me tell you, he made up for it. I mean, oh, he did. He did. Game six had a gr- a grand slam that shut the door. Uh, game seven, he had a bunch of RBIs, and actually, he set the postseason series record for most RBIs in a series. He was phenomenal. He was phenomenal the whole series. But I, th- at that moment, it looked like that was all going to be for not. Yeah. And I got to give him credit though. He he made up for it and then some because he was their offense in Game Six and Seven. He was phenomenal. He put those games away. Uh, he he put those games out of reach, and Houston had no way to come back in those six game six and seven. So he made up for it and then some. And yep, you know, he's uh, they're they're in the World Series. So that was that was great on his part. Real quickly though, I mean, before we move on to Diamondbacks Phillies, I mean, those the starting pitching performances in Game Six and Game Seven are inexcusable for Houston. Let's talk about Framber Valdez. I mean, you heard me. You heard me in the house. I did not expect anything out of him. He was horrible the first two games of the series. He had a majorly big RB. I mean ERA, um, and he was zero and two. Yeah, I I just I I totally disagreed with you because I was like, but he's a big game pitcher. He was their best pitcher last year when they made that run, and. He, He's just been off. But like you say, he'd been off. And you were right. He he was off. He was bad again. And that he they he didn't have it. And then And they lost. And then you move on to game seven. Christian Javier, who was also a big time playoff performer, just just completely fumbled. He he just disappeared. He didn't even make it out of an inning. He didn't make it out of the yeah, No, he didn't make it out. He gave up three runs. Gave up three runs and then another hit, and then Bakers pulled the plug on him and put on Maton. He got the job done and got out of the inning, but it was all for nothing. Yeah. I didn't expect it from him at all because he's been money. Um, right from when he was first started, uh, came up with the Astros, he's been money in big games. He was money in big games last year, and this playoffs uh, year he's been money again. Mm-hmm. And – for some reason, he just didn't have it, and I guess it was just Texas's time, and they put it they put it to the Astros, and that's that's great. It's good to see somebody new in there. Astros have been in there every year, yeah, the last six seven years. They're there every year. It's time for some new blood, and uh, I'm excited for the World Series. Me as well. Um, just one more thing to break down here uh, from Texas. I mean. The only out Christian Javier recorded, if you notice, was Marcus Semien, who has been, who we pointed out, has been terrible. So he's gonna have to step it up in the World Series for sure. Yeah, he's definitely. There's uh, they don't play till Friday, so that's a whole new series, and sometimes things totally change. Guys that were hot in this series won't be, and other guys that weren't will be. So you just, that's gonna be a whole new thing. We'll just have to see how that plays out. We will, and. One more series from the MLB LCS series. We have the Diamondbacks. We have the Phillies. We have a Game 7 in Sisson's Bank. Did not see this one coming. Um, told you last week that we thought that Phillies in 4 or 5. I mean, I thought, I right away, I mean, I'd said the, the team that won the Phillies-Braves series would beat, would beat the Diamondbacks. I thought it would be like solid six games. You were like, Nope, 
Yeah, you did say six. No, I I thought a sweep, maybe five games total at the most. Diamondbacks have been proving you wrong and me wrong. They have, and I mean, they won, and after they came back and made it 2-2, I'm like, uh, and then Philly got to 3-2. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's it. It's over. It's 3-2 now. They're not going to win another game, are they? Going back to Philadelphia? In that crazy place? It's loud. It's raucous. Yeah, very. Boo, they went in there and they dominated the game six. And Philly's, Philly didn't have any life in that game. I was just shocked. I didn't even watch that game after it was. I'm like, I watched it for a little bit. And I'm like, Philadelphia has nothing in this game. Yeah. And you notice in those, let's, we're going to backtrack a little bit. Um, those two games, I think it was game three and game four, where the Diamondbacks were able to tie the series at two, uh, you notice the Phillies played well in those games. You want to know the, per- the pitcher who sold those two games? Craig Kimbrell. I told you. He's he, horrible. You cannot trust him. He was good in the Brave series in those games, but, I mean, he's been awful. He's you, been awful. You can't trust him. He was Boston's closer in 2018 when they won the World Series. Um, uh, what's his name? Cora, the manager, didn't even wouldn't even pitch him uh, in the World Series because he was afraid he was going to blow it. And he was their closer all season. He didn't pitch him unless it was unless they were way ahead or they were way behind. Well, they were never behind. Way behind. He didn't pitch him. They, they had somebody else close who wasn't a closer. <laughs> So he does he these big times moments he's not good. Yeah. And I'll be shocked if you see him at all tonight. If you see him tonight I'm going to be like what are you doing? Yeah, Rob Thompson. I mean, he's been very questionable with his pitching this series. I'll say that. Unless Philadelphia is up 8 to 1, you better not see Craig Kimbrell. Even then I wouldn't trust him. <laughs> I know he bait load the bases and get up a grand slam or something. Yeah. I mean, He's just—he's just not a good playoff performer. He's not. He's a regular season guy, and that's it. That's why he's gone from team to team to team to team because you can't trust him in the postseason. So, nope. It's going to be a big game today. I'm telling you, if, if this game is close, or let me put it to you this way: if Arizona scores first tonight, they're winning this game because if Philadelphia gets behind, they're going to get tight. That crowd's going to get tight. It's going to be quiet. And those players are going to get tight as a drum. And when you get tight in baseball, that's a tough thing is. to overcome. They they rely on those fans a lot, too. Because Arizona has nothing to lose. They're not supposed to win. They're loosey-goosey. They're just out there playing. Yeah, they're having fun. I mean, no one, no one, no one expected them there. No one wanted them there. Yeah, so this is really interesting. I can't wait to watch this because I... This, those first couple innings are key. If Arizona gets a lead, look out. Absolutely. So, with that being said, big games tonight in the ML. Big game tonight in the MLB. But we have some NFL to break down. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. We have our first game here: the Lions getting exposed by the Baltimore Ravens. Well, that game was so bad uh, for Detroit. It, it was 28 nothing Baltimore in the first quarter. First, maybe? I don't know if it was the first or early second. It, it was, was over. It was over before it even started. 
the the Lions were a lot like Penn State. They couldn't get a first down if their life depended on it. Yeah. They were so bad and um which I didn't think would happen because Baltimore's coming back from London. If I thought anybody was going to be lackluster, I thought it was going to be them. I just didn't I figured they would be kind of down from that, you know. They weren't they were ready to go. Yeah, Lamar looked, Lamar looked like, you know, uh Joe Montana. Yeah. I mean, he did. He he was phenomenal. I've never seen him throw the football like that. Yeah. He because he, he wasn't running. He was throwing the football. Mm-hmm. And Detroit, I know Detroit's defense isn't spectacular, but it's been good this year. It has. I mean, Lamar is the modern day Michael Vick, so you never yeah. know what you're getting with him. But Detroit knows. I mean, Detroit has dealt with quarterbacks like that. And they just could not get a stop to save their life. And the final score was 38-6 to for crying out loud. Yeah, it was. game was over in the first quarter. Yeah. It was. They had nothing. But saying that, I'm not off Detroit. I, I still think they're a good team. They're a good team. I just think they had one of those games where they just were, were bad. I think they were due, in my opinion. They were due. I mean, they've, yep. they, they've won, what, is it like four games in a row before that game? Because they lost to Seattle, won in week one. So they 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 yeah they had won three in a row so they were three in a row so yeah I think they were due for one oh like say four in a row yeah they were five and one so yeah yeah they were due it's one of those games I think every team has one of those games a year where things just don't work and for them it was this game just a bad matchup for them I guess and on the other going on, on the other hand Baltimore now everybody's like oh Baltimore Baltimore oh they're gonna win the Super Bowl they're the best they're gonna take on Kansas City they're the best. Uh, team that maybe not Kansas City. Before you go on on that, it's like Baltimore went fourteen and two. If you remember, before the whole seventeen games, of course, fourteen and two. They make the playoffs as the number one seed. Get that bye week, and Tennessee blows them out. I mean, is it time to say that Lamar Jackson is not a playoff performer? Um, he needs to prove it. He got the money this year. He got paid big time. Yeah, I mean, he was throwing a. Tantrum that he was not getting paid enough, all that hold and all these rumors about him holding out and all these tweet stuff on Twitter, this activity. I mean, he, he's definitely got something to prove if he's doing all that. Yeah, they it's they he he's got something to prove. They need to get in the playoffs and and he needs to win a couple games. If I, I I'm still not sold on that they're that good. I mean, we beat them, and I know we didn't really deserve to beat them. But we still beat them. Yeah. And um, their defense is, it's not like it's a great defense. It's a good defense, but it's not a great defense. And Lamar in the playoffs, uh, we'll see. He's got to stay healthy, too. I mean, if you look back, you look at like the first 10, 11 games of the season. Sure. They're always decent. Yeah. And then he gets hurt, or and then they fall right off a cliff. Yeah. So Tyler Huntley has that backup. I mean, yeah, so we'll see if he stays healthy, first of all. Um, I think that's why they changed the offense this year to try to keep him healthier. So, hey, if he stays healthy, they'll make the playoffs, and then it's up. Then, then let's see what he does. He's got to prove it. And I'm not saying he can't, but he's got he's to do it, though. Yeah, speaking of things not working, last night, 49ers. Oh, yes, what a shock. What is going on with them? Um. Are we sealing the? Uh, is this the end of Brock Purdy? <laughs> as a, as the clock struck midnight, um, on Brock Purdy. That, that's a good way of putting it. Um, two interceptions. 
Shanahan was not happy when he threw that last one. No. He was like, oh. And, yeah, he did not play good. I mean, Kirk Cousins made him look like just an average quarterback. Kirk Cousins played phenomenal last night. Yeah, and he he has those primetime struggles. Yeah, he he didn't have any struggles last night. No. I mean, even without his wide receiver one. Yeah. How about Jordan Addison? What a show he put on. Great. Um, I looked at the stats this afternoon. They had almost 500 yards of offense against that Niner defense. Yeah. This is two weeks in a row. They lost to P.J. Walker last week. P.J. Walker. Then they lost to Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What's going on with San Francisco? Are they not as good as we thought? I mean, I'm not complaining. Jordan Addison saved my fantasy team last night. I mean, I was down by 30 points. He got me there. But getting back on track here, I mean, yeah, I don't know. What is going on with them? I mean, how do you lose? I cannot hear them. somebody say, the Niners lost to P.J. Walker without cracking a smile. How does that happen? Yeah, I know. I mean, Cleveland had all they could do to beat Indianapolis, and they they shouldn't have. But, um, yeah, so I know that uh, DJ, DB, uh, <laughs> D.B. Samuel was not there. Debo. Debo. <laughs> ah, boy, I couldn't say his name for the life of me. <laughs> Uh, there's too many guys with initials. You got BJ, you got DJ, and you got Debo. And anyway, um, yeah, he didn't play. He's out for a few weeks with a bad shoulder. But McCaffrey played. He looked pretty good. He didn't look hurt to me. Is Brock Purdy? Here's a question I have: Is Brock Purdy relying on those screen passes or those short passes? Because we haven't really seen him show off that arm. If you realize, if you see them play. He relies on McCaffrey's yards after catch, Debo's yards after catch, yeah. sometimes Ayuk. I mean, the only time he really seen his arm was against the Steelers, and most of those, Brandon Ayuk did all the work. Yeah, those weren't long passes, though. Yeah. He throws that 10-yard pass. That's his big pass. Maybe teams have caught on to him with all these short passes he likes because we have never, like I said, we've never really seen him test his arm. Yeah, and... Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I was watching last night earlier in the game before I was watching when he was making some plays there, you know, um, he, on the, the plays that he made to the receivers, he, he didn't have, he did not get touched. His pocket was, he was so clean. It wasn't anybody near him. He had all day to throw the ball. Yeah. And I'm like, that's, that's why he's been successful because he doesn't get pressure. Then he started getting pressure in this game. And he got pressure, and what happened? He threw an interception. And I'm telling you, that offensive line is what made has made him. Because I'm I don't think he's that good. I think he's okay, but he's not this great quarterback that you know Chris Collinsworth is saying. Oh, great Brock Purdy! Oh my God, you know. And you got Week One, Daryl Johnston <laughs> yeah. and Joe Davis. We cannot stand them. He he's a he's decent. He's smart. Um. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback or anything like that, but he's not an elite quarterback like they're trying to make him out to be. Mm-hmm. That team around him was elite. And now that team is not playing elite. The offensive line is not playing elite. Um, there you got some guys nicked up. And you're starting to see Brock Purdy come back down to earth. So I'm. it's really interesting to see if he can carry this team through to a Super Bowl because everybody was saying, oh, they're Super Bowl favorites. 
And I don't think so. No. I'm not so sure. I wasn't so high on them to start off in the first place. I mean, I didn't think Brock Purdy was all of that quarterback, all that as a quarterback. That I think it's over for him. That system made him look good. And let's see going forward now. Like you say, teams have a better idea of how to defend them now because they're like you said they're doing all these screen passes and these short passes, these quick passes. They take those away, and he has to throw the ball down the field. Let's see what happens. We saw it last night. I mean, the result wasn't there, was it? Don't be surprised if Sam Darnold comes in the game either at one of these points. If he has another game like that where he throws a couple of interceptions and they're not moving the ball, yeah. Um, Shanahan, I, he doesn't seem like he's that patient. No, he he, he's he, a, he wants he's, to win. He's a he's a perfectionist when it comes to that offense, and if the guy running it is not doing what he wants him to do, I think he's going to get impatient. So let's see going forward what happens. Yeah, and what about Seattle? Now, Geno Smith's starting to look a little better in his game. They're winning games. I'm wondering what how that is going to compare to the 49ers, maybe their downfall this year. They're only uh, Seattle's only a half game behind the 49ers now. The last season to go, and I like Seattle. I like, I like them from the preseason. Yeah, they've got a, a young team and that's on the come up. And I really like them. And like I say, as long as Geno Smith doesn't make any big mistakes, uh, they're going to win some games. And they uh, got the defensive rookie of the year on the on their team too right now, Devon Witherspoon. Oh, he's he's amazing. Um, yeah, I like how they're going. They're a tough team, and I think that uh, that San Francisco Seattle rivalry that we had there a few years ago, um, you know, those teams were like nip and tuck. I think that's back going to be back, and I, that's interesting to see how that goes. I'd love to see Seattle overtake them in that division. That would be amazing. Um, just just one more game real quick as we're running out of time here. Uh, I just want to quickly go over that uh, Eagles-Dolphins game that was very hyped up. Yeah. The, the Dolphins Didn't got live up screwed. The Dolphins got screwed on some of them calls. I mean, I mean they were moving the ball on, their, on that one play. McDaniel wants to go for it on fourth down. Cedric uh, Wilson... Was going for an hour out. His face mask was clearly grabbed by James Bradbury, and the refs just there was a ref right there, and he just was like, "Nope, yeah, nothing happened." There were some other brutal calls in that game too. I mean, the Dolphins were, did not look as the dominant offense that they looked like, but there were some calls that affected their drives. Yeah, I didn't pay as close attention to that game as I would because I was watching the kind of flipping back and forth between that and the baseball. Yeah, so I I probably missed some of those plays because. But uh, you might be right on that a little bit. But the big takeaway I took from that game is Miami's not tough enough. Ah, I, did you see? I mean, a lot of them are complaining about the tush push. This has been the thing that the Eagles have been dominant with since last year, the, the, the QB sneak. They have dominant lines. Mm-hmm. Their defensive line is dominant. Their offensive line is dominant. And their offensive line is dominant. And, that's, and, and they have great skill players. They have two great wide receivers of a very good tight end. The only thing they're not great at maybe is running back. Quarterback is good. I don't think he's elite either, but he's good. And um, if you look at Miami, look at their schedule. There's an, that's another team everybody's like, oh, my God, Miami, Miami. Look at who they beat this year. The Giants. The Panthers. The Panthers. Um, Broncos. Broncos. New England. Yeah. Those teams have were combined for like – Eight wins altogether. 
You bring up a very good point there. The two teams they've played that were good, that are decent teams, Philadelphia and Buffalo, they got beat and beat up pretty good. Yeah. So let's take it easy on Miami. That's I got to see a lot more from them, too, before we start putting them in the Super Bowl, too. Very true. I mean, we haven't seen two in the playoffs yet. I remember it was Skylar Thompson last year. Yeah. So, so yeah. I I think what you're seeing here is you're seeing these teams come back down to the pack. You thought San Francisco was going to run away with things? No, they're coming back. Miami was looking great? No, they're coming back. Philadelphia right now is the only one is are they the only oh Philadelphia and right now it looks like Philadelphia and Kansas City are the best two teams. Yeah. Which is what we had last year. Mm-hmm. So um which I hope changes cuz I don't want to see the same teams in there again, but like the like it was almost Astros Phillies this year. Yeah, in baseball, so, so. So, but the NFL we're only like a third of the way through. So a lot can happen. A lot, there's going to be a lot of injuries, there's going to be a lot going on. This can change. Well, who knows who the best teams are going to be when it comes down to the end. We, we will see. We, we will see. see. Yep. Well, Dad, our first play of the week comes from Philly's Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks are trailing by two. This is their best chance. Thomas up to the bat. Kimbrell deals. This one you can forget about. And Arizona ties it up and goes on to win game four. Unbelievable. There's our guy, Craig Kimbrell, serving up a uh, beach ball there that just got knocked out of the park. Uh he gave life to that team, and now look out. Alec Thomas, a big moment for that young star in the making, it looks like, for Arizona. And what a, what a moment for that team. Well, Dad, the base is loaded for Adolis Garcia here in Game 6. And you can forget about that one as well. Ryan Stanek deals up a fastball, no problem. Garcia shuts the door, and that is a grand slam. What a hit. That's a line drive. That was out of the park in like one second. That was gone. He he made up for his gaff in game five with that one. As we mentioned earlier, and Adolis Garcia says night-night to the Astros and later on in game seven as well. What a moment. Texas to the World Series. You notice his home run trial was a little different too, huh? Yeah, he, he went around very quickly. He toned it down a little bit. It's good to see him. Glad he did that. Well, Dad, action from the Ravens and Lions game. And Lamar, how did he get out of that? Rolling, looking, still looking, throw to the end zone, and Nelson Aguilar is wide open. The escapability of Lamar Jackson. They had him dead to rights. I was watching at this point. It was still 7 nothing. I'm like, he's getting sacked, and there he goes. All right, Kirk Cousins back, throws it. Looks like it's going to be intercepted. Oh, no, Jordan Addison steals the ball, and he's gone to the end zone. Puts the Vikings up 16-0. What a play from the rookie. Oh, I thought for sure when Kirk Cousins let go of the ball, that was a give me to Charvarius Ward. You see those 49ers fans. They were like, how did he steal that ball? Charvarius Ward looked like he had that pick, and Jordan Addison rips it away with those strong arms and gets the big touchdown to complete the upset that was completed in the second half. What a play. 60-yard touchdown grab from the rookie. Well, Dad, finally, from the Patriots-Bills game, Jones steps back, throws, and Mike Gesicki wins the game for New England. The absolute upset at home. Improbable. Mac Jones leads him down the field for the game winner to stun the Bills. Well, Dad, this is the end of this episode for PM Sport Talk. But, of course, you guys know we can't go away without our predictions. So... We have two sports. Let's start off with the NBA starting today. 
Who do you have in Lakers, Nuggets, and Suns, Warriors? I'm going to go Lakers uh, over the Nuggets to squash that uh, NBA championship party razor banning for the Nuggets. And the other game, I'm going to go Warriors. See, I'm going to go late game first. If Bradley Beal is playing, maybe I would go Suns, but I'm going to go Warriors for this one. And Lakers-Nuggets is a tough one, but I think the Nuggets will stand and keep the party rolling. Excuse me. I can see that, but I'm going to go with Lakers. They got, I think they got something to prove this year. They're going to want to get started right away. Absolutely do. Darvin Ham is a great coach, so he, he seems like he wants to motivate those guys. And finally, we got in Game 7, Diamondbacks or Phillies? I'm going Phils. I think they're going to blow them out. Uh, I'm going Phillies just because they have Ranger Suarez on the mound, and he has proved to be a playoff pitcher. Yeah, so I think we're going to have a Texas-Philadelphia World Series starting Friday in Texas. Can't wait. We will see if the Diamondbacks prove us wrong, though. Well, thank you, everyone, for watching this episode of PM Sport Talk. Don't forget to check out our socials and our website. You can find us at pmsporttalk.com for that. Uh, Everyone have a great weekend and week, and we'll see you next week to talk about some sports. PM Sport Talk out. Hey, if you like what you see, you can subscribe down below and you can listen to our podcast at any time. And also, if you want to reach out to us, you can reach us at pmsporttalk at gmail.com. Also coming soon is a website. Thank you all for listening. Have a good one.